0: This is Rudy Giuliani, and I have uh, the great honor of having with me Sebastian Gorker, who is one of the most important, one of the best known, one of the most highly rated commentators now uh, in the United States, who brings people the news that's censored by 80 percent of the media and then discusses it about as intelligently as anyone. And I say commentator because his real background is in government. He was – Uh, An assistant uh, at a very high level to President Trump, uh, both during the campaign and during the formative parts of the administration. And a lot of the policies that we now look back on very fondly and say, I wish we could have him back. I know come from Sebastian because I work very closely with him. And also, Sebastian, thank you for sending me. It was you that sent me all that Italian food, right?
1: Uh, I told my wife to send oh, you the best, the best food basket we could find because I'm indebted to you and Dr. Maria to opening your home to us on September the 11th, uh, two weeks ago, oh, so we could great. interview you. Yeah, great. So got, got, thank you for your hospitality. We're going to air. The, the whole interview is available online. And in the meantime, uh, let me thank you for what you did before 9-11, after 9-11, and still for America. God bless you, Mr. Mayor. Well, it's
0: um, it's really, really uh, taken very seriously coming from you. You know the admiration I have from you, and I will tell people it has to be one of the best interviews I've ever sat through, and it's one that I've looked at twice to help me as an interviewer. How do you like that? <laughs>
1: <laughs> I don't think we need to do anything, Mister Mayor. No, I had no, five no, questions. No, no you. Were I, I had five questions, and you told you told <laughs> you told me things I hadn't heard. I mean, I mean, my background is kind of terrorism. That's what well, I. Well, you get did things out them.
0: of people, Sebastian. That's the art of a good interviewer and a good prosecutor. You you well, make well, them you it. make them at ease, and you get things out of them. So, the first thing thank I want to ask you is because we sit here on a Sunday, and I. I I get faced constantly with questions as you do and then I wake up in the morning with the same question is it really possible we're here we're we're in this situation I was just talking to uh, I was just talking to one of our uh, people here and they we were talking about the economy and how the switch in the economy But you could do that with anything so the one that I'm thinking about is the following uh, just a few uh, days ago right there was a um, a murder in North Dakota in which po- possibly a disturbed or drunk man killed another man for no real apparent reason, ran him over, and in his affidavit he announces that one of his motives was because the man was an extreme Republican. Now, he put it in the affidavit. N- nobody made it up. Nobody – no, no um, uh, political groups got a chance to get involved. Just – Answer me. How is it possible that that is not covered at all in any of the any of the newspapers I can find other than the New York Post? None of the it network. How, how could it be if it were? Suppose it was uh, 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 a, a white man who was drunk, emotionally disturbed, went on the street, killed a man. And he had two reasons for it. I got into a fight with him. And he's a very and he he's a very excessive uh, left wing supporter of Joe Biden, and I'm MAGA. What would happen?
1: Well, we, we, we know we know what would happen. Let us just you know do the the compare and contrast. We we have an individual who's released on fifty thousand dollars bail right. after admitting that he killed an eighteen year old young man simply because he was a conservative, an America firster, and then we have what we have Carl Rittenhouse who defends himself against uh, three people, two of whom are trying to actively kill him, who have said, one of them, a convicted five-time pedophile, said, I'm going to effing kill you, He shoots him in self-defense, another person who's stretching his arm out to him with a loaded Glock in his hand, he gets shot as well, and what do we have? That poor, poor young man is in purgatory for almost two years, is accused of being a white supremacist racist, despite the fact that the people he shot were white as well, and Kyle Hill Rittenhouse is demonized for actual self-defense against a pedophile and an attempted murderer, and and this person walks free after $50,000. There are two issues here, Mr. Mayor, and you know better than anyone because you are on the front line. After my old boss, President Trump, the second person they are trying to destroy the most is you because you're a patriot and you're fighting for America still today. If you believe, it, it came to me very simply. I, you know, I, I every day on my on my radio show, uh, you know, we try to excellent thank you, sir. We try to tell everyone the truth. And, and then there are moments when I just, you know, I have a reputation uh, you know, as <laughs> you know, the president's pit bull and, uh, you know, a, a, a tough guy. But sometimes I just scratch my head and I think, why are they like this? Why, why has the Democrat Party become this radicalized party? Why are there prosecutors today across the nation, often funded by foundations close to George Soros? who are on the side, literally on the side of the criminals and not the victims, Kamala Harris raising money for you know, people who are convicted of, of being arsonists and, and, and rioters. And it, and it kind of came to me. You know, I, I wanted to understand why they come after us. I get it. They come after you. They come after me. They come after the president. But when they attack my wife in the press, when they attack my 18-year-old son, I think, what what is the motivation here? And it came to me one day, sir, and I don't know if you agree, as an immigrant to this nation who chose to come here, to become its citizen, God still believes it is the greatest nation on God's earth. I think today, we're, it's, it's not political, sir. It's, it's two types of America. There are those that love this nation, like the president, like yourself, like me, like anyone who voted America first. And there are those who think America is the problem and who hate America. And sadly, you know what, sir? they're in charge right now. And that's why we have to take back America in the midterms. That's why we need Donald Trump back in the, in the White House, because here's the scary thought. If you look at the last 19 months, what would you do differently, Mr. Mayor, As president, as speaker of the House, as leader of the majority in the Senate, what would you do differently if your objective were to destroy America? I don't think you do anything different.
0: That is an amazing observation and a a really frightening one. And it's the only answer I came to. I spent a great deal of time trying to figure out what the heck is the motivation of Soros, because I, it, I sort of picked up Soros in 2019 when I was investigating Biden in the Ukraine, because he has a lot to do with that, which has been carefully hidden. He's got yeah. a lot. He's got a lot to do with everything. I mean, he's the major funder of Black Lives Matter, the major funder of Antifa, the major funder of Biden, the major funder of the Democrat Party, <laughs> the major funder of 40 DAs that let people go free. So this guy Correct. obviously has a mo- – the motive is to destroy our nation. He doesn't like, na- he doesn't like uh, nationalism. Uh, nationalism is bad. America should disappear and it should come under an umbrella of s- something similar to that to – although he would describe it differently than what was the goal of Marx and Engels and Lenin, like a, a, a one-world government which, from their point can, of view... Can,
1: can, can, I, can I just say here, can I just jump in, because there, there, there yeah. is a massive connection here. Go ahead. So, and I I, I, um, I learned so much in, in mapping it out from the late, great Andrew Breitbart. If your listeners aren't familiar with um, his autobiography, Righteous Indignation, it is a life-changing book. Just, just read chapter six, because he, he admits he was a... A, an unthinking, you know, drunk, liberal uh, university student when he saw the Clarence Thomas hearings. And, and he realized, there's some, why are they trying to destroy a black man simply because he's a conservative? And that was his awakening. And in Chapter 6, he maps how we arrived here today, how the Democrat Party, how the left has become this, this group of saboteurs trying to destroy America. And it has to do with, with the rise of the new left. And let me just go just down one little rabbit yeah, hole. please, please, your, please. You, your, your listeners will be No, I think this me. is very,
0: very, very important. Go ahead.
1: So as the child of those who escaped a communist nation, my father was actually liberated from a, 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 a political prison by the revolutionaries of 1956. This is personal to me. And there's this big question that the left had to face. Why did communist revolution only work in China and Russia? Why did it fail everywhere else? And a, an Italian communist sitting in one of Mussolini's prison cells in 1920 came up with the answer, and that's why we are where we are today. That's why that killer in the Dakotas walks free after mm. murdering a young man, and it's this. They, this man, Antonio Gramsci, realized— uh,
0: yes, 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 Go ahead.
1: You know, this, this, this is the no, key no, moment. Uh, yeah. a p- pivotal moment. This man realized— that communism does not work. You will never have a groundswell revolution in nations that have strong, robust middle classes with Judeo-Christian values. The only place it can work is in post-feudal agrarian peasant societies like Tsarist Russia in 1917 or China in 1948, where, where the peasants can be duped. So what do you do if you want to turn uh, England if you want to turn if you want to turn Britain, if you want to turn the u s into a communist nation, you can 't have a revolution because the middle class are going to say no, forget about it we're, 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 we built this nation you 're not taking it from us. So he said, don't be a revolutionary. Don't build barricades to take down the government. Become the government. Inveigle yourself into the system. Become the the, the key individuals at the teacher training colleges. Take over Hollywood. Take over the media. And that's where Breitbart got his criminal phrase. He said, politics is downstream from culture. And we let them take over the culture. But the good thing is, Americans are finally Fi- waking up.
0: Sir. I think I think we're finally seeing the connection. These were all seem to be separate things. The deterioration of education, the, the yes. uh, splitting of the criminal justice system, two, two, two standards, um, the uh, massive out-of-control spending, the appeal to depend—they all seem to be separate. O-
1: open borders, don't forget. Open, open, borders. open borders,
0: yeah. And why would you have prosecutors that let out 50 percent of the criminals? In order to achieve the result that you're talking about. That that's uh right right in the playbook. And we didn't realize there was a connection between those things. I think we do now.
1: No, we do, and, and I I took what Andrew Breitbart taught me posthumously and, and I, I wrote I wrote yes, I, my my third book is The War for America's Soul and I, I map it out and there's an exclusive interview with President Trump on what it's gonna to take to defeat it. But okay. but here's my carry call to every one of your Listeners at Common Sense. Here's, here's my plea. Everybody out there listening has a role to play. I don't care where you come from, what your job is, how old you are. It is up to us. If you're not running for local office, if you're not shoulder to shoulder with somebody who's actively taking back the school boards, actively taking back the county commissioner seats. Then you are part of the problem. It is we we've heard it for you know fifty years. This is the most consequential election. This time it truly hundred percent, Sebastian, hundred percent. And if we don't save this nation, sir, nobody's going to do it for us.
0: Uh, I want to leave you with a a poll that I picked up the other day, which I think is a, a very very indicative of where we stand, both the problem and the hope. So there's two questions that are put to. Uh, about uh, 1,200 people. And it is, is America the greatest country in the world? So 91% of uh, Republicans agree. Only 61% of Democrats agree. Now, the good news is 61% still agree. The bad news yeah. is we got almost 40% of Democrats who do not believe this is the greatest country in in the world, despite the fact that it's the only country anybody wants to come to. I mean, there, <laughs> there's. I mean, there's, there's – uh, there's, uh, physical evidence of it in massive numbers every day. It's hard to miss. But 91 percent of Republicans, leaving just a few, and 61 percent, which means there are still good Democrats. They just got to yeah. cut off the head, the head because the head is corrupted. The second one, the second one, is similar. If people work hard, they are likely to get ahead in America. Eighty five percent of Republicans agree only
1: 53 percent of Democrats. So they have which is insane, which is insane. How, how, how does a black man who grew up with a single mother become the president of the United States? It's insanity.
0: But their propaganda wipes that away. The program you just yes. talked about actually is enormously effective. Sometimes like in North Dakota, just don't follow something. So people don't get to see the exception or the thing that proves that what they're saying is wrong. Uh, it was hard not to see that Obama was elected and he was black. I don't get that. I don't get the, how Biden gets away with systemic racism, which means almost all of us are racist. And we, elect, we elected a black man president twice.
1: Uh, and don't forget, he, he's the person who told us just before the election that if you don't vote for him, quote— you ain't black. I'm sorry, that is the definition of bigotry, and that man sadly now bears the title Commander-in-Chief.
0: Well, thank you very, very much, uh, Sebastian, for uh, this really very thoughtful interview, and one that that I think, as we get into this 2022 election, really pulls a lot of things together that other people can't do. God bless you, and uh, make sure you get his book and you listen to him, because <laughs> we got to go to alternative sources to find out what's going on in America, and, And I think Sebastian and I are among those alternative sources. God bless you, Sebastian.
1: Well, God bless you and all of your listeners. And thank you to you and Dr. Maria for your hospitality, sir.
0: God bless. Okay.